Hey, I am Mustafa Sharif. Thank you so much for listening to Urbanistica podcast. And today I have the pleasure to welcome my friend from the master program that we studied together at the Real Institute of Technology in Stockholm. Hey, and welcome to Urbanistica podcast, Shang. Hey, and uh, it's a pleasure to be here. And thanks for having me, Mustafa. Thank you so much for uh, being here. And uh, yes, it's going to be really interesting to hear the stories about the life between uh, Stockholm and the Chinese city, Suzhou. And yes. Are you excited about it? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty excited uh, to share all those stories that I um, that I have and the experience that I have. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. So let's start. Uh, you are our storyteller for this episode. How would you like to introduce yourself and tell us what are you passionate about? Okay, so um, I like to experience different things and in different places because uh, I'm always curious about the new adventures. So I'm always seeking for new experience and feel it. So I was uh, I was pretty much born in the west north of China, and then I moved to the middle part of China to study urban planning for several years, and then after I graduate, I moved to east part of the city in a city called Suzhou, which is a beautiful city by the way, and then uh, and there I worked as an urban designer for several years, and then I thought. You've experienced like different cultures and stuff in different parts of China. So why not even go further and explore more? So I started to plan and then finally moved to Sweden several years ago. And uh, I had my master here in Stockholm at KTH um, together with Mustafa. And then uh, I moved to Netherlands for a while to study architecture and also experience the, the living um, style and uh, the conditions in there. And now I'm coming back and work as an architect and urban designer in, uh, here in Stockholm, Sweden. So yeah, if I, so if I'm going to introduce myself, I would pretty much just say that uh, I am a seeker who's always been hungry about exploring new experiences. <laughs> That's very wonderful. So uh, after seeking all those new um, experience or seeking this new experience of many places and cultures, I mean, seeing and feeling all those different relations between different cities and regions, it's super interesting to me. And I am very much, uh, very much passionate about seeking and designing for better living experience. So it's like, um, it's not only about the traveling or like staying in the places, but also like through those seeking experiences, I could really start to see the relation of those different places and see the connection of them. And that's where I had the most passionate passion. Yeah, that's very interesting. And it will be so much interesting now when you, when we hear your story and how you compare the different cities. So let's start with the, how was the life uh, in Suzhou in the city? And tell us about like the structure of the neighborhood that you are living in. Yes, definitely. Um, I've been living in different cities uh, in China back then, but I would say Suzhou is the most beautiful and cozy city I've ever lived in China. So talking about the city in general, it is one of the um, the oldest and uh, the most famous city in China, both back in history and nowadays. And it's pretty much known for its Chinese traditional gardens in the old town and this amazing urban landscape throughout the city. 
And I remember there's an old saying uh, in China that describes Suzhou like this. Um, it goes like this. Uh, there's a paradise up in the sky called heaven. And there's a paradise down here on earth called Suzhou. Wow, <laughs> that's yeah, so cool. Yeah, and that's how beautiful and amazing the city is. And uh, But in general, structurally, it is a little bit like Stockholm, I would say, because they also have this uh, historic old town in the middle and with the moat around it. You know, it's like uh, the river, like back in the old times, they, had, they have this river to protect the city around the city, so to, um, to protect it from the, from the enemies. Yeah. And nowadays, it, it gradually becomes like a more of a, a landscape viewing uh, river. And then later on, all those different modern districts were developed and introduced uh, in the pseudo city. And then they started to spread out around the old town. And then that's... Um, overall uh, formed this pseudo city in general. And that little town in the middle with the river around it, that's where I lived back then. <laughs> that's amazing. And how is the structure of the neighborhood? Was it like high-rise building or? Yeah, that, that's actually also quite interesting because um, the road system and the street system, uh, if we're talked about in pseudo old town, it's quite different from the outside, like all those new districts and the modern uh, modern sections. Um, people used to call Suzhou the Oriental Venice because it has this very rich and dense water canal system like Venice, so that they have this kind of a nickname uh, in China. Uh, and also because uh, this type of uh, uh, topography with all those water canals, it, it takes up a lot of lands so that this makes the road system in the old town actually quite human human and uh, quite compact. Um, I wouldn't say 80%, but I think at least 60 or 70% of the roads are down to the leaving scale. It's like four to six meters wide long uh, with the sidewalk and you will never see like 30 or 40 meter wide street next to your neighborhood. So in that sense, in the old town, you can't even drive very fast because of this very compact and narrow street. Yeah. Um, and that part, which also makes the life pace quite relaxed and slow in the old town. And people do a lot of like socializing stuff on the street and do this uh, interactions, talking, uh, shopping, and then walk their dogs and sometimes kids playing along the streets so that for their local residents, those roads, like a compact, narrow roads and streets are actually not that much for the cars or for the traffics. It's actually more for their lives. It becomes like a part of their living elements, like the, the outside, like the other parts of their corridor, their living room. There's also a very interesting uh, thing about this old town, I think, is the shops and stores in the old town. It's also quite different. Um, and also interesting to talk about because uh, normally you would see that in the urban area or in the city center, the stores and the shops are on the ground level, right? And along the walking street or along the sidewalk. And then there will be residential or office uh, function built up on top, right? Um, but in Old Town, also as a central part of the city, a lot of stores and shops there are actually like existing traditional um, buildings with this very typical Chinese um, architecture style. So most of them, they are actually kind of just one floor. 
and uh, they don't have that much floor to build upon on. And then they will have their, so what they do is that they actually have the half of their area of the house that facing the street become their business area. So that that's the place where they have their business, have their uh, restaurant open, and then uh, have the customers coming in. And then at the back side of the area, the other half, and they live in that area so that they will have their uh, sleeping space and they have their, their own personal space. So that in a sense that they kind of, instead of divide the space um, vertically, like, uh, like the other city center normally would do, in the Suzhou Old Town, most of the stores, they divide the area like horizontally, the front and back. So that in the morning, you will see this very interesting view that people open their stores from inside. And then they started to, you know, like the traditional way of uh, running the store, like taking off the wooden panels from the from the door and start their business from the morning, like breakfast or barbershop and something like that. And such view, it actually gives you a strong feeling that they're not coming here like all those shop owners and the businessmen they're not coming here for pure business from other places you know they're they're actually right here along the street they're living here it becomes part of their memories part of their living so this gives you a very strong sense of belongings and also uh, gives you a feeling um, of extension of home you know it's very calming and comfortable feeling that it's not a complete strange uh, public environment for you when you see this. That's very beautiful description that you you made as well. So do you think that I mean, if 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 they are sharing all the moments of their daily life almost in the same area, mm-hmm. will they want to to go to visit other places or they will be just at the same area and not really open to to go to somewhere else. This is uh, pretty much about, I think, uh, uh, transportation and also the traffic um, uh, traffic system in Suzhou. So I think uh, it's also uh, very interesting, not only about the local city in Suzhou, but also it's about uh, a larger scale in terms of how that could influence uh, people's life in Suzhou city. So that in general, um, recently in Suzhou, I think the car traffic with private vehicles percentage in the city, um, it has been grown up, but uh, the bus and metros are still the main public transportation choice for the majority of people. And uh, it's quite cheap price for the traffic card that you could use for, for bus and metro. And uh, it also, uh, from the urban level, they have this uh, urban public transportation strategy uh, called five minutes walking radius to get every corner in the city you want to go after getting off public transport stop. So that um, the people, for example, who lives in the inner part, like the old town of the city, they would never worry about going outside of, of the old town and going to the other places because most of them, uh, they will they will use this uh, public transport. It's, it's pretty convenient uh, to have have you to go anywhere like around the city so yeah so I, I'm wondering also so basically you're telling you can uh, survive in the city if you don't have a car you can visit every single part of the city just by the public transportation right exactly 
and all those like a different public transportation form, uh, for example, metro, bus, and sometimes even boats, they are kind of, um, they are all connected, so they won't be uh, isolated from each other. So I think that's also, um, it's a very good part for the, for the, for the local residents. But um, here, also what I want to highlight is the other um, network, like a traffic network, it's called high-speed train network system uh, in China, which is a train network that connects most of the first and second or even third-class cities with the minimum speed of 300 kilometers per hour. So what does it mean? It means that it tremendously changes people's life routine, especially um, in the southern part of China and cities. And you take me, for example, before I came to Sweden, I live in the old town of Suzhou, right? It's like the cent uh, center, uh, center part of the old town. Um, but I work outside of the old town. My office is like about 12 kilometers away. And it takes me about like 45 minutes on average to commute between my home and my office, uh, depending on if it's rush hour or the traffic situation. But it takes pretty much the same time for me to go to an international city around Suzhou, like Shanghai, like Nanjing, like Wuxi, several kilometers away. So that changes a lot for my life because before, if I plan to go to attend an international conference or um, like some big event, um, big events like national festivals or uh, visit my friends in another city several uh, hundred kilometers away or let's say planning a short trip to middle or southern part of China for holiday, et cetera, et cetera. I probably need to do it during the weekends or even in a longer time period. But now with this, uh, with this network system, I could just book a ticket and go there within several hours. So in a way that my living circle or this so-called what I call the reachable boundaries of my daily life got expanded because of this traffic network. And what's interesting about this is that it's not only influences uh, people's daily routine on an individual level, you know, it's like uh, it's more convenient, faster, more exciting and expand your life circle and stuff. But also it influences the city itself as a whole with the overall development strategies, for example, like employment strategies, housing strategies and city collaborations and tourism and so on and so forth. Like you, for example, in Suzhou, you could totally like work in Shanghai and live in Suzhou. So that's, it completely changes like the housing strategies and also the, the employment uh, strategies and also the development and, and the, the collaboration and all those relations between different cities. It could be more, much more flexible and with a lot of more possibilities to, to, to develop. Actually, you're you're close to the big cities, even if you're living in the old small town. Yeah, exactly. Just just few hours from you, then you're in the big city. Tell me, Shang, how is the biking culture in China? Well, I think uh, biking culture it's uh, also part of the uh, slow traffic system uh, in China, and uh, also it's. Um, People pretty much like to bike, but I don't. I think it's it's uh, it's not uh, as uh, as normal or not normal like as often as as people who do it in here in Europe. Like they have this uh, a very often used uh, the bicycle 
but uh, I think people who live in Suzhou mostly uh, they will take the public transport like metro or bus. But is, they, it, is, is yeah. it because of the, the the distance between like A and B, or just because uh, it's not part of the culture that you, you're using, or maybe the infrastructure not supporting this kind of uh, transportation? Well, I think partly yes, because um, I think there are also some differences between the uh, the green uh, the green spaces or the green space strategies in Suzhou and in most of the European cities, because um, uh, how how to how to put it? It's it's like uh, uh, if you look at the street or if you look at the uh, the street sections. And uh, they will have this uh, green surfaces or the gr uh, grass surfaces along the street, so that um, the biking it's separated from the pedestrian and they separated from the from the cars, so that they will have um, they will have like a, their own bike lanes, but at the same time those uh, small sections where they have these turnings and all those sometimes they got blocked by the by those green spaces. So that it's, I think it's kind of like a, for local people is probably uh, not that convenient comparing to taking a bus or a metro. How is the green infrastructure? Well, for the green spaces and infrastructures, I think uh, Sudo could be one of the typical city that represents both traditional and modern urban landscapes in China, uh, because it has not only the typical Chinese traditional landscapes, and classic gardens, and actually that's what Suzhou is famous for. But also um, with the recent developments, um, it also got this fantastic urban landscape um, in a modern fashion, which is uh, this super nice green corridor along the along the road and the water and lake, and uh, these urban parks and nature. Um, a natural wetland reserve, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's uh, it's actually uh, really great to live uh, around by those uh, green spaces in the city. And uh, like the, this, you mentioned the section of a street. If you describe for us like a typical, I know there are so many different, but like a typical section, a street section, how what the different function will be? Can you see yeah. trees? Can you see like a benches and so on yeah 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 for sure i mean uh, this is actually quite interesting topic to to talk about especially if you compare uh the street section in suzhou to the street sections in stockholm because uh, the street it very much um in, in uh, the street section in uh, stockholm is uh, pretty much similar with the normal street section except uh, for example for its uh, sidewalk like uh, from where I live and uh, now. So if you compare it to some normal sidewalk or the street section of a street, um, in here, it's a little bit wider for the pedestrian or the a sidewalk. And the reason for this, I think mostly because it's in a residential uh, district or community so that people could walking around more and driving around um, uh, more walking uh, around more than driving around. So that making the walking street and sidewalk driver is also like adjusting different uh, priorities for different contexts. And also another um, interesting thing is that if you look at the section of the normal street here, uh, 
typically from the surface material perspective, you would see the car road, and then you see the car, uh, the curve, and then you will see the trees, and then the bench and the pedestrians. And then from the materials perspective, um, you will see most of the materials are hard surface material, like rock, stone, uh, brick, or wooden, etc. Whereas if you check the street section in Suzhou, and you will find that there are quite a part of the surface that the soft surface like a grassland and you would see a lot of grass surface along the street in stock. Uh, you wouldn't see uh, a lot of those uh, grass surface along the street in Stockholm, right? It's mostly, I think, um, with the stone and, the, and yeah. the rock pavement. So this comparison to me is very interesting because you can actually kind of figure out the reason behind those uh, living environment changes. For example, um, from my personal understanding, uh, the hard surface one here in the Stockholm, that would be majorly beneficial to the accessibility and the walking experience for the people. So in that sense, you could have more space and room to move around and walk. And um, on the other hand, the soft surface one in Suzhou, it's mainly contributing to the urban environment strategies or ideas on the larger scale, like say Sponge City, or micro environment control, etc. But yeah. since but, but since those uh, soft surfaces or grasslands are normally not accessible to the people, so that you probably could just look at from the distance, but you cannot actually interact with the with the with the with the land or the green spaces. So in some way, it becomes a blocking landscape to divide the driving part and the walking part, or sometimes biking part. So for me, especially as an urban designer, it's super fascinating to see those differences in a small scale. And then uh, then you discover that it's somehow actually linking to the much larger scale system. Yeah. And also you mentioned the point of, about uh, the hard surface and soft surface. It's more about the hard because also you don't need to really to take care of it because in case you have some uh, plants or let's say grass, then you need like to take care of it, to cut it and so on. So it's less, what do you call it, service and so on, and which mm. means it's less money for the municipality to, to put on. So hard surface have some good advantages, but same way disadvantages. Yes. And Shang, I wanted to ask, is, is it livable 24-7 or just during the working hours? Oh, the nightlife in Suzhou is great, definitely. In fact, this is actually one of the parts where I really missed about Suzhou, uh, in a way, because at night, it's uh, it's normally it's not an end of your daily life, uh, really. It's, it's actually a starting point of another living experience. So, for example, it's quite accessible to the major public facilities and uh, services 24-7 all year round in the city. And also you could go out and have some street food or like grab a drink in the bar or get some stuff in convenience store at 2 a.m. in the morning. So these are very like part of part of the nightlife, especially for local people. It's like they spending the nighttime in the city. This this routine has become their part of their lives. You would you would see tons of people going out and take a walk in the park or like on the walking street or around the water around 9 or 10 p.m. or even later. So on the other hand, um, what I want to say is the urban system, it actually, um, and also with the, together with the facilities and the urban is also really supporting uh, this sort of lifestyle for the citizens. 
and kind of uh, laid out the platform and act as an enabler to provide this, uh, this kind of activities and this kind of uh, lifestyle to happen to the people, so which I think is all awesome. Yeah, so basically it's uh, liveable 24-7. Yes. By the way, you're a really good storyteller. I need to admire that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. You just <laughs> made me best. want you just made me want to, to travel to Suju and just experience everything you're talking about. Oh, that's my goal. <laughs> <laughs> so then you moved to Stockholm. Yeah. And you moved here because of uh, the master program that we studied together, right? Yes. How how was the experience from landing here and wh where did you live? And so we basically now tell us the story about Stockholm from the same uh, elements that we were talking about, like the neighborhood, the community, life, street sections, greenery and so on. So, yeah, the mic is yours. Yeah, of course. Um, I mean, for me, uh, Stockholm is uh, quite a, um, a city with elegance really. Um, it is also a city with um, innovative possibilities. Um, a lot of those different chances and opportunities, and apart from the daily life in Stockholm, like uh, the normal normal life as an individual, but the city really um, enables you, uh, really provides you all these um, platforms and stages to realize or to try out uh, what you want to do or what you want to achieve. So you really got a bunch of support uh, as an individual from the city or from uh, the organizations or from the municipalities. So I think that is super amazing. It, it brings you this very energetic spirit from the city so that you will have this um, um, kind of like a very independent um, ability to reach to reach out what you want to reach. So that kind of uh, part uh, is what most impressed me and what m makes me more excited about this city. And uh, well, currently I live in the, I live in a small community um, at close to the in Holman. So it's pretty much close, also close to the waterfront and it's a pretty nice neighborhood. And uh, well, the street level, as I mentioned before, is quite similar with the normal uh, normal street in Stockholm, except for the sidewalk is a little bit wider. And uh, I think the, also the, from the public transportation uh, perspective in Stockholm is also very convenient. Well, um, except for its uh, its price, you know, it's more expensive than it is in Suzhou. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Stockholm. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean, in general, I think it's very good. So, because, so, so can, yeah. can you survive in Stockholm without having a car? Mm, yeah, definitely. I believe so. It's, uh, it's like, that's, that's what I'm trying to talk about. It's, it's in, the, in those traffic plans and transportation strategies for Stockholm, um, me as an urban planner and designer, I could, you could really see the map and feel it in a city that they really strive for those principles of such as people comes first or more walking than biking, less driving or more, more public transport less private transport and so on and so forth. So most of the streets and roads are on the right scale for both city and people. It's not like, you know, 
comparing to Suzhou, I would say on the uh, on the scale level, um, most of the street in Suzhou, in particular, um, outside of Old Town, because uh, in the Old Town, you know what's happening there. It's kind of like a very quite narrow down on the scale. But outside, with a very quite uh, developed and uh, uh, modern section of the Suzhou town, it's a very wide street, mostly for the for the better traffic, like a car traffic. So some roads would even go to like 60 meters wide. So from that part, you can feel that some people still in Suzhou can still prefer to rather driving than taking uh, public transport. Whereas in Stockholm, as you can also can see from the tra uh, public transport, and the more people would rather take the public transport than the the private cars. So I think that's very uh, that's a very good and very interesting. Yeah, and how how would you? describe a typical street section in Stockholm. I know also back again, uh, it's good to mention that there are so many different sections and depends on the area, but for you, yeah. how would you like to, to describe a typical one from Stockholm? Well, I think the typical one or the most uh, impressive one that I would uh, that I had in my mind is the section that you, where you have the car road in the middle, but also you will also have this car, uh, bike lane on the on the side and then you have the special uh, or they use the different paint and different materials to distinguish those two different uh, lanes for the bicycle and the cars and then at the same time it's also accessible from the bike lane to the pedestrian so that is kind of those three different types except for the car road in the middle that they are quite accessible and interchangeable from one to another so I think for me that's like most innovative uh, street section that happens in in Stockholm, but of course yeah. you you could have like a narrow like a road, very traditional like old uh, like a gamla stan in the in Stockholm like road exactly yeah. the, the old town. And how how is the the green infrastructure? Yeah, I think I think it's pretty much uh, uh, something uh, similar to to what I try to compare with Suzhou and uh, Stockholm because I think, but there are some differences I think in here. For me personally, I feel like uh, here in Stockholm, the green spaces is more, um, how to say, it's like a, people in the city embrace the nature. It's the green space is a more natural, it's more nature uh, landscape. Like you take use of the nature landscape and then turn that into part of your cityscape. Whereas in Suzhou, as we know, also because of the topography um, and all those reasons, it's kind of a plan. So it doesn't have that much like a mountain or forest. So that in the sense that most of the green structure and the green spaces in that particular land, either it's um, like a wetland or it's like an agriculture land, it's a green spaces. So that's for the other part, like the natural reserve or the park, it's mostly, um, how to say, half natural, half, um, half uh, man-made. So for me, the, this is the huge difference because also you could feel the environment and atmosphere here in Stockholm that it's like a natural city. It's, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like, like a, a city in the middle of the forest. Exactly, exactly. Yes, and uh, do you think this city in the middle of the forest is livable 24-7 or how do you experience it? Oof. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think, uh, I mean, 
maybe it's because my personal experience. Uh, I'm from like I uh, lived in in China, and then uh, they have a fantastic nightlife in there, or because of it's um, it's in Stockholm and it's in Nordic countries and. I think compared to the other cities, Stockholm is uh, <laughs> is quite a it's quite a good boy type of city <laughs> when it comes to the nightlife or the twenty four seven life. You know, <laughs> I think maybe because of the ge- uh, geographic or the um, environmental reason, and if you think about Stockholm city as a person, it has quite a quite a standard regular time schedule. You know, go to bed at the standard ten o'clock. And then shut down the excessive services and functions, get a good rest, and open it again the next day. But um, uh, personally, I um, well, personally, I prefer a bit more options at night when you walk around the city, because you know, from my perspective, the city will have another different kind of charm during the nighttime. So I hope there could be more things available or happening at night here in Stockholm in the future. Yes, I understand. Uh your words and also feel them because it's the same feelings for me when I lived in in Milano then I come back here to Stockholm as you mentioned like things city almost close when it's 5 p.m the shops close there is a a, there is a nightlife but not as crazy at let's say in Barcelona or Milano and I as you mentioned due to the the culture and so on but also a city will be more beautiful and more livable if there is something happening after five o'clock yeah. <laughs> we now now we are almost comparing between the two different cities. So what yes. are you what are you missing from the city your city in China uh, in Stockholm? Well, as myself, um, to be a little bit selfish, I would say of course I miss the food back home. <laughs> That's the because uh, I always always like a, a little bit uh, craving for for the home home food hometown food that uh, in my home. But uh, I still, I also very much enjoy the Swedish food in here and also a lot of uh, Swedish cuisines. Um, the other part that I miss, I think, is also um, this uh, living, this living atmosphere, I think. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't use the word miss because I, I can feel the difference and all, I also I can see those um, benefits for both of the living styles um, what I, uh, of what I'm talking about. Because in here, I feel like um, people in here are more um, independent. So they have more uh, strong um, will or ability to do things like as individual so that they got more inspired by other things. But um, back in China, in Suzhou, like a lot of uh, those activities and those living environment gives you a feeling of a group, more of a group, so that you do a lot of things together, either with your families or with your with your friends, um, especially during, uh, especially in the work and also in the daily life. So I think that's probably something that I uh, that I had a little bit missing um, here in Stockholm. Yes, I can understand that. And if what are the things that could be done better uh, from the urban planning and design point of view that inspired from Suju can be done here in Stockholm? Um, well, I think I think actually if I if you think about the urban structure here in Stockholm, honestly, I would say from the individual level or from the residential level. I wouldn't think of any better 
strategies or choices because I think here in Stockholm the living experience is perfect. It's really good, uh, except for it's like uh, it's geograph uh, geographical uh, reasons or with this uh, very long nights and stuff. But from the urban structure wise, or as an urban designer, I would say Stockholm did a pretty good job in terms of uh, um, this human or people oriented strategies. And with all those uh, sustainable uh, plans, I would think I would say uh, if if I'm going to say like one thing inspired from from Suzhou is that in Suzhou, I would say people it's it, it's like uh, people have more this kind of narrow sort of maybe because I live in that old town so that I'm kind of used to uh, to get to that close range to those small uh, small scale. And also like having this feeling of living, living outside of the home still feel like a home, this kind of feeling, you know, so that I think in that sense, Stockholm, like where I live in now, it's more like you go outside and then you turn into like either working mode or socializing mode. And then you go back home, you become like a very uh, homebody or yeah. Yeah. So, so there are fixed, uh, let's say moods or yeah. In a way, yes. Yes, yes. Well, Sean, you're a great and uh, fantastic uh, urban planner and designer. I'm working also on urban planning, and we are designing the, the future cities. So I yes. was. You, you're studying different universities, Netherlands, Sweden, also from China. I would love to hear from you. How do you define a smart city? Well. Um, Smart city is actually a very broad concept to me because um, I think everyone has their own interpretations about what smart city is or about this concept overall. But to me, I think um, personally, smart city would be would be like showing smart in an organic way because I always like maybe this is like a personal opinion or um, like my own opinion because I always like to take city as a body or as any living form that it has its own circulation or has its own uh, room or space to grow to develop and this has also has its own metabolism and it's update and adapting circles and something like that so it's always been in a dynamic balance in a way to grow but it's not saying that I don't believe in technology I do believe and I do think that our technological advancement gives us a great opportunity to get close to what we want to achieve. And uh, it, it acts as a, as a scaffoldings to reach out something that we could never reach before. It's just, I like to see a city grows naturally and not like expanding aggressively. Yes, and do you, do you think that Stockholm is a smart city? Uh, of course. Um, to me, being a smart city doesn't mean it has to be like, uh, you know, cities in sci-fi movies that everything is incredibly fancy with cutting edge technological advancement. I mean, it means it is smart enough to be more human oriented so that the city could really be good nest for the essential element, people to live in comfortably. I think that would be um, uh, one explanation or one interpretation of what smart city really is. And I think in that terms, 
Stockholm has really great examples about how to put human first um, over the other like kind of uh, systems. Yeah, yeah. So very interesting, Sean. It's it was really cool and interesting to to listen to you, especially you're taking you're telling the story from the urban planning point of view. I really enjoyed it. Thank you, thank you. It's a really pleasure also for me to share all my experience and story with the uh, with you and with the the rest of the um, audiences. Yes. So, Shang, how would you like to to summarize what you were telling, some of your reflection, and three takeaway messages for all the people that are listening to Urbanistica podcast? Uh, well, I think um, since I. I really like to be, or I really into this uh, this role that I defined it for myself as a as a seeker. So I would say, um, in the future, I'm probably gonna seek more as a as a seeker to experience more, to see all those different um, different things in the different cities and different cultures and regions. So for me, I will be thinking the first takeaway message will be always being curious. Um, because for me, I think curiosity is the actual original motivation for any of um, the purpose or the passion that you will have in the future. So always staying being curious and then you will have always have this great questions that you could ask about uh, ask about to yourself. And there is also another famous quote that it's not always about the better questions about uh, it's not always about better answers, about better questions, right? You know that quote. So that always being curious so that it keeps you up and keeps you um, uh, finding new things around you. And the second takeaway message I would be saying it's uh, always thinking about the relations. Because in before, I, I have this, um, I, I can't remember exactly where I saw this, but there is a line uh, I saw um, like accidentally, but it becomes like part of a, it, it's stuck in my head. It's it's like a thing in my head. It, it's, it goes like um, a genius is always forced relations. It sounds a little bit uh, odd, but I think for me, I really see all those potentials. Like sometimes I see those different uh, things and I see some common relations and this connections between each different things or even different subject or even different uh, uh, fields. So those kind of uh, uh, mentality or this kind of way of thinking that you think always think about the relations between different things and you're trying to get more and more like things that in common between different things that could be really inspirational uh, and inspiring. Uh, when it comes to like figure out a new solution or making some new uh, innovations, especially us as a designer or urban planner. So I think that's a really uh, important. And the last one, I think last but not least, <laughs> uh, takeaway message will be, uh, I think that will be a little bit personal, just be a seeker. I think it is a great experience 
to seek for the different uh, to seek for different um, lifestyle, to seek for different uh, images and different uh, experience in the world. So that the more you seek, uh, the, the more you seek, the more that you will understand a lot of things. It it comes naturally. It's like it's not saying that you go into the different places and then you all of a sudden knew a lot of things. It's not like that. It's like when you go through all those different processes in the different cities, and then at some point you will have this uh, sort of like the second takeaway message, like you you kind of like this intuitive uh, connection in your head that you all of a sudden it gets you a lot of answer or it, it, it answers you a lot of uh, things based on what you see. So that be a seeker, go brave, go to the outside. Wow, Sean, that was very inspiring and powerful. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts, reflection with us. And uh, I would love to get three hashtags from you. Oh, that's, uh, I, I would say that's pretty much will be the, uh, similar with the, uh, with the messages. But uh, I would say first uh, hashtag would be keep curious, uh, keeping curious, hashtag keeping curious. And the second one would be hashtag force relations. Um, the third one would be hashtag be a seeker and be brave. Yes, amazing, amazing. Again, thank you so much, Sean, for giving your time and for inspiring us. Uh, thank you for giving me the chance to share my uh, story and I'm really glad to be here. Yes, and hopefully we meet again after all the coronavirus is gone. So I'll hopefully see you in Stockholm soon. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So thank you so much for listening to Urbanistica podcast. Please follow Instagram account and subscribe the YouTube channel. If you have any great story that makes our city smarter, please contact me. I am Mustafa Sharif. Have a good life.